0: Bismillah ar-Rahim, ala al-Kareem. Amma amma. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 3rd of December in the year 2022. And to spend one more session discussing the subject of sacred knowledge. To spend it on the danger which is posed by the storytellers, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Abbas, and Abdullah ibn Zubair, they are all related that our beloved messengers reported to have said, Sir, the storyteller is on the brink of divine reprisal, the storyteller is on the brink of divine reprisal. It's recorded in Tabrani in Iskabir, 12-426, al Haythami in Majma al-Zawaid, 1-191. So what does this mean? So first, note many of the companions relate this report meaning It was a quite a famous report of the Prophet And he mentioned that the storyteller, I in uh, it's called, the we call it Kisa in Pushto. It means the long drawn out narratives. And every culture has it. You know, you got like the Odysseus, Odysseus you got, you know, etc., etc. So, this, the Prophet said, is the person who's on the brink of divine reprisal. <laughs> so, it'll be explained. In Ahmad ibn Zuhd, Abu al Malih, he said, Maimun, he mentioned to the storytellers, Inevitably, a storyteller must do one of three things. Firstly, he will either enhance his discourse with something that debilitates his faith. Or secondly, he will become pleased with himself. Or thirdly, he will command others to do what he himself never does. This is why the Prophet said, the storyteller is on the brink of of divine replies, so here one of the Salaf from the Tabi'een Maymun <coughs> Ibn Mihran rahmatullahi, he noticed quite a few of these these uh, storytellers and he explained to them what the danger was he goes there's three dangers one is that you beautify your narrative and that is something which will harm you Secondly, you'll become pleased with yourself, meaning you'll become conceited, thinking that you're an eloquent person and the people are spellbound by your discourse. Or thirdly, he will command others to do what he himself never does, meaning he'll give a beautiful narrative, but he himself is not acting upon it. Then he mentioned the hadith. He goes, This is why the Prophet وسلم, said the storyteller is on the brink of divine reprisal. And similarly in the Quran. Allah the Almighty and Glorious yes, He condemned the erring poets when He said in Surah Ash-Shu'ara, Surah twenty-six, verse two to four onwards. Oh, the blind Shaitan the And the poets. It is those straying in evil who follow them. Do you not see that they wander distractedly in every valley and that they say what they practice not? SubhanAllah. <coughs> so here, Allah himself mentions the poets. So this doesn't mean that poetry is, but this is talking about the, those who stray. And Allah says that they wander from place to place, and this is the case with the storytellers. They travel. And then Allah Tala mentions they say what they practice not. Because the evil ones follow them. Abu Qilab, one of the senior tabiin, he will In Abu Na'im al-Hilya. None causes the death of knowledge like the storyteller. One may sit with the storyteller for a whole year and not retain the least benefit from him." And it's true, you know. If you listen to these long drawn out, you know, epics—they're called epics. At the end of it, you think, "What did I gain from that?" (coughs) You know, you might have gone on for years. Now, what's interesting is, in the good old days, these were human beings. Now you've got box sets, (laughs) right? And it's the same thing. You just get a people don't even leave their dwellings. They'll order things to eat and drink and they'll go through a whole series of, you know, of whatever it is. And then you ask that person, why did you go through all that? And they go, oh, it was really interesting. but how did you benefit? So Abu Kilaba said, one may sit with a storyteller for a whole year and not retain the least benefit from him. Me. Meaning, what a waste of time. Indeed, in a Sahih Hadith in Tabarani, Sayyidina Khabab ibn al-Arat, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, وسلم, Verily the Bani Israel perished when they resorted to storytelling. SubhanAllah. Verily the Bani Israel perished when they resorted to storytelling. So now, why is this fascinating? We know that the Bani Israel went on the slippery slope and they committed huge crimes. But then the Prophet warned, We're going to follow them inch by inch, yard by yard, as the saying goes, what was one of the causes of their destruction? Storytelling. Now think about that. You know, if you think of the Bani Israel, you think of killing prophets, you know, bribes, disobeying the commands. This is one of the reasons the prophet gave. They resorted to storytelling. They left the revelation. So now, why is it shocking? We've gone down the lizard's home. You know, and you know, you, you can go on and on. You know, people are just hooked on useless things. You know, I don't want to mention names because people might get upset. But, you know, so-called Islamic epics. Mm-hmm. And when you ask them, is there any basis to this? And he goes, no, except the name. Mm-hmm. And it's gone on, it's this third series and each series is like a hundred episodes and, and you get people just going through it. So what is the difference between the storytellers and what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And what do you get at the end of it? nothing so you've gone down the lizard's hole just like the Bani and what's when you ask those people you say look you spent all this time which you've invested in this rubbish why didn't you invest that in learning about your deen and then the excuses start flowing you go, oh, no 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 I, I, I don't want to become an alim who told you to become an alim just learn, the, learn your deen you spent hundred hours watching that rubbish Eating 15 pieces in the process, yes. right? Because why do you learn your deen? Mm-hmm. So note, it's the body is Israel, it's the illness that's crept in. Mm-hmm. Saeed ibn Asim, he said, in Abu Nu'im, a storyteller used to sit near the masjid of Muhammad ibn Wasi, one day the storyteller said in frustration, scolding the audience, why do I not see humble hearts? Why do I not see weeping eyes? Why do I not see trembling flesh? Muhammad ibn awasi answered, rahmatullahi alayhi, O servant of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, I think these people came only for your sake. I they like to hear your stories to pass time with no intention of bettering themselves. Remember, when the remembrance comes from the heart, it shall definitely touch the heart. SubhanAllah. So let's look at this. So the storyteller. And his favorite haunt was next to a masjid. So the question to pose is, why didn't he go into the masjid? Why is he saying outside the masjid telling stories? And then one day, he scolded the audience. And why did he scold them? Because none of them were weeping. None of them were like shaking. So he didn't see any reaction basically from the audience. And then he, he scolded them. So then this righteous man, Muhammad ibn Awasi, he goes, I'll tell you why. He goes, these people came only for your sake. They had no intention to better themselves. Just like to hear you talk. (laughs) Then he said, when the remembrance comes from the heart, it touches the heart. Because you're not talking from the heart. (laughs) Just like Sayyidina Ali said. He goes, words from the heart reaches the hearts. Words from the mouth hardly reach the ears. (laughs) So what's the storyteller? He's only talking out of his mouth, right? And he's just going on and on about something. And you don't even know what's the whole narrative about Ibrahim al-Nakhai, he warned in Abu Nu'im, whoever sits to preach so that people gather around him, then do not sit with him. Whoever sits to preach so that people gather around him, do not sit with him. So like the saying goes, he likes to hear the sound of his own voice. Now where's that saying come from? Because there's a purpose in, in, you know, when you're talking. The whole point is to better yourself. and then he goes. If you notice a person, he's just after numbers. He goes, don't bother sitting with that person. you? <laughs> How are you going to benefit from that person? And there's an example of this. Uh, one of the sheikhs, he was invited to do a talk, and then for some reason or the other, not many people turned up, even though he was a you know famous sheikh. <clears throat> so the organizers they got embarrassed. So they go, sheikh, forgive us. Because you know we we expected more people to turn up. So the sheikh goes, Don't worry, it's all right. And then he did, a, he did his full talk. <clears throat> and afterwards, he told the same organizers, He goes, I would rather speak to a few brothers or sisters sincerely. And he goes, If one of them changes, he goes, I'm happy. Then the whole bunch of people who no, nothing changes. So the sheikh was basically saying to the organizers, You need to correct your intention. He goes, You just do your bit, try your best, and then. Pass on the message, and it's true. If you have, let's say, a ten thousand people that are gathering, and nobody changes their life, doesn't benefit, and you get another gathering where let's say just one person is sitting, and he changes his life. So, which one was the beneficial sitting? It was the one that the, there was a one-to-one. As the famous saying goes, "Quality is greater than quantity." Uqba ibn Muslim, he said, "Rahmatullahi," in Ibn Al Mubarak in his Zuhd, Let your talk be to one, two, three, or four persons. If the circle becomes greater, remain silent or run away. Let your talk be to one, two, three, or four persons. If the circle becomes greater, either be quiet or run away. So, what does that mean? Was he saying that it's haram to do a talk with more than four? No, he didn't mean. His intention was sincerity starts diluting when more people attend. So he goes, if there's one, no problem. Two, no problem. Three, four. Because if it comes greater, he goes, then you got a problem. So look how strange that statement sounds to most of us. You know, you'd think, well, there's only a few people. What's the point? You're saying the exact opposite of what the Salaf are saying. Sheikh al Tustari, Rahmatullah <laughs> he said, sit with those whose limbs addressed you, not his mouth. SubhanAllah. Sit with those whose limbs address you, not his mouth, meaning sit with the people with, with insight. Because not the one who can speak. And if you look at speaker's corner, you know, do I need to say anything else? Any Tom, Dick and Harry gets up, right? And they all, oh, 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 he's calling him kafir and he's, he's taking Muslims huh? and he's having a scuffle with the Christian. And <laughs> like you think, what is this? You know, this is speaker's corner. Speaker's corner. What about those who address you with their limbs? Where are those people? They dress you with your limbs. What are you talking about? brother? Mm-hmm. As our beloved messenger himself said, وسلم, the believer's knowledge is in his actions, whilst the hypocrite is in his speech. Mm-hmm. This is in behaki, in the iman. So think about that. If a person asks you, how do you know this person is knowledgeable? The prophetic answer to that is, look at his deeds. That's knowledge. And if you say no, look at his speech, you've actually highlighted a monafik because his knowledge is in his speech, meaning there's no fruit, he just talks. Mm. Another trait of the storytellers is that they just go on and on about which Imam Zuhri said, (laughs) whenever the gathering gets too long, then shaitan will have a share of it. Whenever the gathering gets too long, the shaitan will have a share of it. This is in Abu Nu'im Al-Hilya. Now think about that. Some people think that it's better to do a long, drawn out talk. And the answer is, well, did the Prophet do that? When did he do a, you know, a two-hour bayan? So the response is, why do you need to do a long talk? Isn't it better just to get to the point and mention what's relevant? Imam Zuhdi said, if you prolong it for no reason, shaitan takes a share of it. And note how the great odysseys in each nation just go on and on. So let me mention a few. You, you, you should know them. Hercules, the twelve tasks, and it goes on. What, 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 did, you, what did you gain from that? No, he did a lot. He fought a lot of monsters, did he? Odysseus. You know, we were shown this at school. Just going on and on. And in fact, when we watched it, we didn't even get to the end. He goes, and you only need to know this. And I look back thinking, what was all that about? Arabian Nights robin hood another one <laughs> robin hood it goes on and on this is shared that keeping people busy it is certainly worth mentioning that Amir al-mu'mineen Sayyidina umr radiya Allah, he would not even allow the companions to indulge in this in tabarani is Hassan, amr ibn dinar rahmatullah said the me al-dari once on Umar's permission radiya Allah, let me narrate stories umr goes never when Tamim asked a second time, Umar said, if you wish, and then he did this with his hands, then go ahead. <laughs> so let's look at this. So now these are sahab. So Tamim al he wanted to tell stories. So you could argue, obviously, he's not going to just tell stories of past time. He probably wanted, he was a Christian background, maybe he wanted to relate something from the previous scripture, whatever. And Umar goes, no, never. He asked a second time, because if you wish this, Go ahead. If you want to slaughter yourself, then go ahead and do it. to me. Mm-hmm. In another report, in Ibn Asakir, Umar said, What makes you so sure? Your ego will not shoot up to the sky until Allah Tala casts you down like a shooting star. Mm-hmm. So he warned him of something. He goes, people who talk and illness starts creeping into their hearts. They start thinking they're special. And they think they're better than others. And then he goes, Aren't you afraid that Allah will fling you? Adding details, in Ibn Asakr, Humayr ibn Abdul Rahman, he said, Tamim Ad-Dari, sought for years the permission of Umar to tell stories. And he always refused. Then he finally asked him to allow him just one day in the week. Just give me one day, Amir al-Mumid. When Tamim insisted, Umar asked him, what will you be talking about? The meme replied, I shall be reading the Quran, exhorting them to good and forbidding the evil. Umar responded, that indeed is slaughter. He then said, I allow you to preach before I attend on a Friday. Dostameem radiallahu would preach once a week on Friday. So Umar radiallahu finally said, okay, but it was like the pre-sermon. You got the khutbah of the imam on the day of Jummah. He allowed the meme because you can talk before I arrive. He allow I allow you this. Mm. In an amusing report, the meme once went over his allotted time. <laughs> and it almost struck him with a birch in <laughs> Ibn Asakir. So imagine, he's, and this is another problem with the storytellers. They can't stop. You know, that proverbial you know, walking stick comes, <laughs> get him off stage. <laughs> Right, so the meme obviously he goes, and one of the things that you'll know is, he goes, and finally, and finally, and how many times did he say that? <laughs> he said, half an hour ago, and he goes, and this is the last point I'm going to make. So, Umar gets a, a birch, he goes, yeah, time out. <laughs> it is also most informative that Abu Bakr lang described the meme as the first cause of Islam in Imam Ahmad. <laughs> So he goes, he's the first uh, storyteller, Abu Bakr saw that in him. Mm-hmm. Because he's the first Qas. But what's interesting, he only started, you know, talking like this in Umar's Half mm-hmm. Hafiz Iraqi, he commented, and this is what's relevant to us. See how Umar hesitated to allow even one of the companions, both of them righteous and pious, to preach and become a storyteller. And whom amongst the successes and those who succeeded them resembles Tamim ad Dari, Because nobody resembles him. So if somebody goes, look, this person's purified, He sat with a sheikh, you know, he's unblemished, is he not the dust of Tamim? No. Then why is he telling stories? So Umar was basically telling a but don't do it. Hence, one has to be wise and acquire the knowledge that would be productive to one's lives. So, now let's mention something about Tamim so you know who this sahaba is. So you think, okay, it's Tamim, you know, it's sahaba, but you must have a weakness. There's a report <coughs> The hadith is in Tabulai. And once there was a fire that broke out in uh, Al-Madina. So people came running to Umar radi Alam, the Mumbrin, there's a fire is out of control. So Umar alangho he told Tamim, because go and call Tamim. So Tamim came, and Umar radi says, Oh Tamim, sort the fire out. So Tamim radiya Allah, he says, who am I? So Umar goes, go and sort the fire out. So eventually Tamim goes and people think, what's he going to do? He walks over to the fire and he starts pushing it back. So when the fire is being pushed back, people's jaws drop and he actually pushes it back into the place where it erupted. And then the people came running back to Umar Radiallahu and they said, Amir al because we're not going believe what we saw. And then when they described it, Umar Radiallahu said, It's for emergencies like this that we keep the meme. So now the meme obviously Sahaba. But despite his status, Umar goes, Do not tell stories. Mm. But he allowed him just before the main khutbah and Jumma. As mentioned, the storytellers often relate fabricated reports which the gullible masses then act upon, leading to countless innovations, which we witness on a grand scale throughout the Muslim world. So you'll notice this. You get an alim, and he's very careful about what he quotes. Then you get the guy with suwakam, he's, <laughs> Right? And everybody goes, Subhanallah, this is an amazing report. Because that's really... Look at the rewards that he's mentioned. Then you go and check, he goes, complete publication. So what sadly spreads quicker the truth of the falsehood the falsehood and the proofs in the pudding look at the innovations like what, what would? oh this big sheikh told us that he had a dream and he told us that he told who told you storyteller if only these individuals had consulted the scholars for instance it is related in Bahru Raik volume 2 page 21 and Radul Mukhtar volume 1 page 642 if a ruling is suspended Between being a sunnah or innovation, it is preferable to leave out a sunnah than to perpetrate an innovation. SubhanAllah. So in these respected Hanifi works of jurisprudence, there's some doubtful areas. So you'll get this, where some ulama said it's recommended, there's a basis for it. And others would say, look, we think this is an innovation. So in the respected books of Hanifi jurisprudence, it says, If that is the scenario, it is better to leave it out. Because you've left out a sunnah at best. But at worst, you're not perpetrating an innovation. Mm -hmm. So look at how beautiful that is. That would cut the legs of the storytellers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Simply put, if there is doubt about an action, then to leave a sunnah is better than to commit an innovation. Mm -hmm. Similarly the Muhaddith Sayyid Jamaluddin he said in Al-Junnah page 143 to leave out those things which Rasulullah left out is a sunnah just as to do an action which Rasulullah did is a sunnah. This is a very important point. What the Muhaddith was saying is that if our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi during his own parallel lifetime could have performed a deed but he did not then why have those after him innovated so for instance you get some flu cakes because you should you shouldn't drive cars because why because it's a bidat and then you say cars were not around in the time of the Prophet and then they get confused because well there's common sense in it right camels yes but now the Prophet didn't have means to a car he goes, you shouldn't have clocks in the masjids. Why? Because the Prophet didn't have there was no clocks in the time of the Prophet. So you shouldn't have timings of prayers, boards in the masjid. Why? Because the Prophet didn't, he goes, they were they were they wasn't there. But if there was something he could have done and he did not do it, it was you know you know he had the ability to do it, sallallahu alaihi Muhaddith Sayyid Jamaluddin said to leave out that which the Prophet left out is sunnah. Look how strange that is. I'm not doing it to the why because the Prophet could have done that. He didn't do it. So I'm following sunnah. And look how strange that is to many people not doing something is sunnah now. And they will say, no, no, it is. Well, if it was, then why have the scholars differed over it? So note, all of this is part and parcel of the effects of storytellers, astagfirullah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve us from misguidance. And just to add this, I should have mentioned. In the Quran, in Surah al Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he talks about lahwal hadith. Lahwal hadith is referring to uh, useless speech. That's what it literally translates into. Useless lahw means like futile. Uh, lahul Hadith Hadith means uh, narrative Futile narrative According to the mufassirin It refers to music But if you look at the reports Who and what caused the revelation of that verse It was Nadir ibn al-Harith So who's Nadir ibn al-Harith? It was Luke And this is what he did He goes I will take people away From the witchcraft of Muhammad Sallallahu He goes How? He goes Leave it to me so this shaitan, look at the effort he put in. He went all the way to Persia to learn the legends, mm-hmm. you know, the bakwas ke bakwas, like right, stories, mm-hmm. the Persian legends. <coughs> then he went to another part. Where he went, he learned their legends. Then he came back, and then he invited people, and he brought singing. You know, uh, women that's you know that that would sing, and he would give them them food and drink, and he would narrate these legends. And people came to him. Allah revealed that verse. Meaning they are turning away to lahwal hadith, the futile speech. So now, when you look at that, you know, we start laughing, obviously, thinking, look at this, they left the Prophet, and they turned to these legends. My question is this, why are you laughing? The person goes, well, they left the Prophet. Then you say, look, don't get offended, what's the difference between them and you? And he goes, I wouldn't do that. You're doing it all the time, with Box set or circle of knowledge. Box set. Box set. Learning your deep box set. Coronation suite or coronation suite. So what's the difference, right? So Allah Tala has told you that this is a sign of clear deviation, and also you you gotta put things in perspective. This is I don't need to know that. And then people say, well, I'm not like that. What about football, World Cups, and people miss Salat for it. Penalty shooter. Couldn't miss it. You missed Maghrib for penalty shooter. And he goes, no, but it was a critical moment. He goes, lahu al-hadif. So, no, it is very easy to laugh, but we also have these illnesses. And we have to realize how, and what causes the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from deviation and misguidance. So, all I mentioned today was basically the danger of storytellers or CC or qassas, whatever hands you want to give them. Are there any questions here? So, be